Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the Film Alchemist podcast, the show where we look at movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined again by my friend and co-host, Alex Dandino. Alex Dandingo, welcome back. Uh, new month, new theme, guys. This month, the pod questions reality. So these are all films where the reality of the world with which we're spending our time, us and the protagonist have no idea what's going on. What's real? What? Where do we draw the line? Um, so today we're starting with probably the easiest to discern the reality of, of all these movies we're going to talk about. A uh, total... Recall, one of my all-time favorite movies. Yes, 2012, uh, Colin Farrell, Len Weissman. Nope. <laughs> oh, shit, I watched the this wrong. Must be, this must be a bad implant. Oh, this is a bad no. implant. <laughs> wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. <laughs> I don't know. Was that even a thing? No. Uh, Alex, this was a debate. We should do this right out the top. Me, my brother, and my wife watched this uh, to prepare for the show. Yeah. Where does this rank in all-time best Arnold movies? Ooh, this might be. So I was like, "Is this the best Arnold movie?" No, not for me. Like my favorite Arnold movie is still T two. Because I was like, "There's T two Predator." Yeah, I was like, "The Conans can get knocked down below Total Recall." Uh, my wife said Kindergarten Cop. I was like, "Ooh, that's sneaky, awesome!" Kindergarten Cop is amazing. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Like, are you talking rank? about movies? Ra- all movies ranked below Junior, or are we? Oh yeah. We'll take Junior oh, out. Cool. As long as we're as long as we're it's all in agreement good. that Junior's the best. We're in agreement on totally, the best Arnold totally. we'll ever get. Uh, I actually agree with Amy. Like, <laughs> True Lies. True Lies. True Lies is probably my favorite uh, Arnold. What's the best Arnold? movie I think to True you? Lies is my favorite Arnold movie, but it's not because of Arnold, so it's kind of a disqualifier. Um, uh, I think my favorite Arnold movie is probably Kindergarten Cop. Yeah, that's what my wife said. But I think I, Predator is my favorite Arnold movie. I think Total Recall, though, might be third. This is my thing. And again, it's a close ranking, but I would go Predator, Terminator 2, Total Recall. I think that's my ranking. Kindergarten okay. Cop 4. I would say Kindergarten. But that, again, these are like separated so little. That's not a knock on Total Recall. I right. love Total Recall. I would say. Alex, I'm- when was the last time you would watch Total Recall? What do you give me your opening gambit on uh, this this amazing Paul Verhoeven joint? <laughs> I mean, did, I, so I was I was looking up trivia. Did you know this was the last movie to not use like mainly just CGI for really? for its visual effects? This was the last movie that well, they used, have like, that effect constantly where it's like they they port in a background. So yeah. as people are walking through, their edges are fuzzy. They used uh, this was the last movie to use like practical camera effects, apparently, which is pr- pretty cool. Um, I mean, dude, this is just like this is probably Apex Paul Verhoeven. Like, this is probably to me like I know everyone loves RoboCop. This might be my favorite of his movies, though. This uh, movie is way better than RoboCop, and this, I love RoboCop. Yeah, I love this RoboCop too. Better. But this movie, like this, and then Starship Troopers, are my two favorite Paul Verhoeven movies. Like I think we're just gonna do rankings all day. No, Alex, you missed it. It's Total Recall, RoboCop, Starship Troopers. <laughs> Welcome to the list, Pod. <laughs> but yeah, um, I mean, yeah, I think I last time I saw this, I was. It, it was recently. This was probably this uh, of all the movies we've watched for this this pod. I think this is the one I've probably seen the most recently. Uh, next to another one, actually, part of this month. 
it's weird. I actually watch a lot of questioning reality movies uh, recently yeah. before we started doing this. But Total Recall, I probably watched like a year or two ago, just on a whim. I'm not really sure why. It was either at an event or we just decided to all watch it together. Um, but it's just, I mean, this is just a classic. This is a classic Arnold movie. It's classic Paul Verhoeven. And then on top of that, it's classic uh, Michael Ironside, man. I fucking love Michael yeah. Ironside in this movie. Oh, dude, God he's so damn, good. he's so good. Um, he's so good. Uh, yeah, I think I'm with you, man. This movie is kind of ever-present in my mind because I watch this movie more regularly than most. I'm not an enormous movie rewatcher all the time. Right. Because there's so many good things out to watch. It's hard to even keep track, let alone just going back and being like, yeah, I'll watch Beethoven for the 80th time. But um, I just dig this movie, man. I like, again, I like a lot of the practical effects. I like the big sci-fi. I like the big action. Um, It's just fun. It's just like one of those movies I'm like, what, what's a fun movie? Total Recall is about as fun as you can have watching a movie. I mean, it's, Let yeah. me ask you this, Alex. This movie, dream, implanted dream, or exposed reality? Where do you fall? Because as we go through the movie, there are a couple moments where I, and I think it's the most clever thing the movie does, is they're constantly having, again, this is one of these game movies, right? Where they're setting up a premise where is it or is it not? And they're constantly throughout the movie trying to add pieces to sway you back and forth right. without ever giving the game away, right? Right. Where do you fall? I think Quaid is Quaid, but I think Quaid is a secret agent. So you think this is the reality that we're watching? I do. I think this is all implanted uh, dream. I, and I think there are really sad repercussions of that. But I have one piece of evidence that I think is indisputable, right? Okay. So as Arnold is about to get his his implant. Right. Right? One of the guys says, oh, blue sky on Mars. That He's going to have fun with this, right? Now. When that little lackey says that, this is still in the real world before the experiment happens that oh, would or are would you not divert the ending. Yeah, because only two people before the ending would know about the blue sky theory, right? right. And that is Hauser and Cohagen. <laughs> They're the only two people that could have known that was even a possibility. So for this lackey to know, that has to mean this is all part of the pre program. Okay. Right? I'll buy that. Yeah. And again, doesn't sway the movie at all. No, I think it's really like, a fun. This is the most important thing movie. about this. Like, this is the most amazing thing about Total Recall. By the way, is this movie should like this is the thing that Inception tries to do that doesn't work because you just like by the end are so fucking annoyed you can't like you don't care. <laughs> this movie, you do not care which one is reality. Like the entire yeah. time, you're trying to figure it out just because like it's like part <laughs> of the game for yourself but it literally does not matter right. to your enjoyment of the movie. Like, no, I have never well, it been actually I, changes. It's really clever because it's really clever. If like me, cause I've always watched it wanting to believe that Arnold was an exposed secret agent because right. like all people, we have wish fulfillment in movies like, God, what if that's me? Right. What if I don't have to go to work tomorrow? Cause I'm going to be kicking ass and seeing <laughs> three titties in a row. You know, you're like, I'm ready. But when you watch it this time, and I was like, I guess I had never really pondered it until now. I was like, oh, of course. Yeah, like, this is definitely the implanted dream. Right. It changes the movie in a really clever way. Because now you're looking at, in the narrative that we're watching on Mars, the company is having to add things to continually get him to keep buying in that it's real. Yeah. So it really always cool. protects itself either way. It's really fun. That's interesting. Yeah. I 
Yeah, I like the I do like this sort of again, like like whether you believe it or not, I actually think that's probably you're probably right. Um but again, like it's one of those things where I always I don't want to like I don't want to question it too far because I'm enjoying the journey too much. I guess that's the way I put it. Like, yeah, like, well, I or, like what you said. It doesn't actually, matter yeah. either way. I can it's question as much as I way. want. I'm having such a good time watching the movie. Yeah, this does lead me to my biggest problem of the movie, though, right? Which is, imagine you're a dude who's married, and you're like, I don't like my job, my wife. Like, my marriage is pretty cool. I'm married to Sharon Stone. That's pretty awesome in this age, right? Uh, and then all of a sudden, you have an implanted dream. Where you're a badass secret agent who's with a athletic, slutty, debonair lady, uh, run around murdering. You kill your wife in your fucking fantasy, and then you wake up and have to go back home. Ooh, you know what? It's Actually, like, well, you still have the memory. This is the thing: the value of a recall memory has to be negated by the fact that someday you wake up and realize it's all bullshit. You still have the realistic memory, right? Right. It's like if you have a VR video game. Well, I can go back. But I still know it's virtual reality. When he goes back to Sharon Stone and he's like, oh, you don't have a bullet hole in your head. Wait, okay. I'm his, now, his memory is ruined. I'm now fully on your side, by the way, that this is all an, 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 this is all recall because the Sharon Stone, it's, <laughs> it's not the blue sky Mars. It's the Sharon Stone factor. Because everyone knows if you're going, <laughs> your marriage is in trouble for sure if you're going on vacation to memorably murder your wife in a move in a, in a simulation right you know and he did not this is all about definitely fake without not, question he punches her in the face he shoots her in the face he has the from russia with love like oh my sexy dream girl and my wife are gonna cat right. fight in front of me he even has like, that, like come on he even has a fucking sign you know off line after he smokes it thing is though yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, that's true. His one-liners in this are so good. They're, They're so commando good. level good, the one-liners. When he's like, Benny, screw you! <laughs> no. <laughs> but here's the Sharon Stone thing that I was like, this absolutely is a fantasy. So he's being tracked down by Michael Ironsides. Right. And there's that great line. <laughs> we find out that Sharon Stone is Michael Ironsides' actual girlfriend. So Michael Ironsides is a digital cuck. Right, <laughs> and Michael Ironside's buddy sits there and goes, "Uh, man, I would hate to have my old girl getting plowed down by Arnold." And he's like, "What? Like she she's doing her job?" And the guy goes, "Yeah, I'm sure she's hating that." And I was like, "I was like, that is such male wish fulfillment." It's like, not only am I so fucking unbelievably good in bed, but you know, Michael Ironside's is now sad because I've also one up him. I was like the digital cuck aspect definitely adds to the fantasy. Argument. Digital cuck. Oh my God. <laughs> when he's, when his friend said that line about, I'm sure she's hating that. I fucking lost my shit. Last <laughs> it's so fucking good. It's so amazing. Because this is the other weird thing in the movie too, is a guy like Arnold. It's like, why do you need the dream vacation? Yeah. You're like the gratuitous jackhammering scene. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, what is wrong with your life? <laughs> How shitty is your life that you have to plow? Yeah. Oh, wow. Digital You're cuck. super jacked. Obviously have some money and you're married to Sharon Stone. Like, man, poor guy. You're fine. Go home. White girl problems. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'd really rather murder people and uh, show up a digital cuck. Like, I need this in my life. God. Yeah. Like, yeah, how, how so, emasculated know, must you be? There's a lot of evidence. What do you, what do you think? What are other pieces of evidence that let us weigh in on if this is real or not? Uh, I mean, definitely most of most of the cool stuff in Venusville, like the lady with three boobs. There's no way that happens. 
Not in 24. That not, could be real. See, that in, to me is the realest thing. Not in 2084. No way. Are you telling me that once humans start ge- ge- manipulating genetics, the first thing that some guy wouldn't be like, what about more boobs? <laughs> I think a, I don't think of the day we're also lizard brained humans. Not like that. But there see, would be one scientist. But see, there's the there, there's the rub right there. You said you're telling me uh, like if we started genetically modifying people, a guy would a guy would absolutely do that. I don't think a woman would. But she's sitting there using it to help her apply her trade more effectively. I mean, what? Okay, how many hookers? That's her how move many hookers every do you, customer is? How many hey, hookers? How many please, hookers please. do you know have enough money for a good boob job, let alone mutated three? Are you boob kidding job? me? I think a lot of those ladies, especially high class ones, are making lots of monies. Uh, excuse me. Could the currency on Mars really be that that good? It's probably like you know, like monopoly sure. money. I mean. No, but I mean the economy would all scale. Like you think there's some like Beverly Hills level plastic surgeon that's living in the dust bowl of Mars? No. I can't. I can't believe this is the conversation we're having right now. <laughs> the, the economic, I'm just saying, that the economics totally of Mars. <laughs> yeah, I think it's totally realistic that a lady of the night would be like, "Dude, I'm going to get a lot of extra money. Like these things will pay themselves off in all no right. time." By that rationale, sure, but you got to get there first. I don't know. I'm not sure I'm buying it. <laughs> Yeah, the whole Mars thing in this movie is so funny. And again, it's cool because we see Arnold before as like one of these news junkies. Yeah. So he's obsessed with Mars, period. And now he gets to partake in part of the fantasy. I don't know. I think it's one of my favorite things is, so let's assume that it's all all a, rea- a false reality, right? Okay. Because immediately he gets out, he kills his work buddy. Right. So I was like, I was like all right, that's not great evidence. Like he wouldn't want to kill his, his fat friend who buys him a drink. We learn that he's amazing at murder by neck snaps. And you're like, wow, okay, this is getting really dark. Running around. There's a lot of these moments where you're like, how did he escape? He would get caught fine. I think where the movie gets really interesting is when he gets the briefcase. And one, I like the thought that a wet towel can defeat, like, future technology. Right. (laughs) So then you have giant Arnold running around with the towel on his head. And then he opens a briefcase and talks to himself. Yeah, this is a really fun extra wrinkle they add. This I is love a that false shit. reality within a false reality. Yeah, I love that scene. By the way, that is and it has my favorite Arnold line. Howdy, stranger. <laughs> okay, yeah, making him like I, I. This is something I absolutely adore about like movies that star Arnold Schwarzenegger that clearly weren't supposed to star him. By the way, because like. <laughs> First off, like if mov- movies that star Arnold Schwarzenegger are written for him and like you know they're written for him because he has like I don't know, I'd say like grand total over a 2 hour movie 30 lines. Like he has so much dialogue in this movie that he obviously could but like how do stranger like those kinds of things. <laughs> like those little affectations that he's like he's you know, he's not a he's not obviously not a like an improv guy so he's not going to like change it to anything in his vernacular. He's just going to go how do stranger yeah, it's completely normal for this guy to talk like that, 100%. Like, I love watching Arnold Schwarzenegger in those kinds of movies. Because, like, That he's... guy, howdy strangered himself to one of the highest offices in the land. Well, hey, I'm not saying he could... I'm That's not, power. I'm not saying the guy can't be a governor. What I'm saying is, is he can't say, howdy stranger, and make me go, oh, that's a totally normal way for that guy to talk all the time. <laughs> I'm sure that guy is somewhere... He grew up somewhere where they say howdy. <laughs> I like that part, man, because this is where we also start. Austria is more of a actually... Heil Hitler country, I believe. Oh, Anyways, true. well, we actually start the <laughs> pull the collar. 
No, we actually start. This is where we also start. Besides the opening scene where we do awesome, amazing prosthetic Arnold face gags. Oh, my God. Yes. Where he's pulling the implant out of his nose. Because we start at the first scene where they're on Mars, right? And his helmet breaks. He's like, <laughs> and his eyes are bulging out. And it's amazing. See, my brother said that. He's like, well, they start on Mars. So maybe that's him remembering his past. And I was like, or they say later that the total recall program is that you are somewhat the author of whatever they put in your brain. Right, right. So maybe that, I don't know. I still think it's all fantasy, but it's awesome. But yeah, the prosthetic Arnold faces in this are so fucking good and so prevalent. So many shots of Arnold's face that I don't know we needed. Uh, Another great example. The nose is great. The bulging eyes and stuff is great. When Arnold takes off his giant lady costume, do we need a prosthetic head under the prosthetic head that he takes? Yeah, I know, off? right? I've always been kind of, <laughs> I've always been kind of curious about that, like why that was the choice. Because, like, a clearly whoever did the prosthetics that day, like they were like caught on short notice because his like face is like, like he looks. Yeah, like, the expression they give with like the the duck lips to the side is very. Yeah, he looks strange. like he might have had like some sort of grand mal seizure for like five seconds. We're just like. <laughs> But like, I didn't understand why that because there's a, clearly somebody's hands on the head when it comes down. But like, yeah. I was like, why are we doing like, again, it's another great example of what was required of practical effects at the time. Like, that's a really fascinating thing. And it's it's something that Paul Verhoeven has done, like does in his movies. Like, I think. I mean, he still had so many practical effects, even in uh, Starship Troopers. Like, Starship Troopers has a ton of practical effects that probably should have been digital. Like, I think that was funny because that one is so, so much of a deluge of CG in that movie. I know, right? Like, all of it. Still need to do that much practical. It's pretty interesting. Tons of practical, yeah. It's a really fascinating, but yeah, I mean, like, the, the. Arnold faces. The giant lady suit to me, though, that's another. The what? God, they're so good. But I was going to say, the giant lady suit, to me, that's another prime example of this being fantasy. Right. That these guys both just happened to hit port at the exact moment. And also, it's like one of those weird, like, the guys, especially on Mars, where they see three titties and nutsack faces and mutants. They see a guy take a giant lady robot head off. Yeah. And everyone there, there's like 20 guys with guns are like, long enough for him to throw a bomb and then make his getaway. Love it. God, uh, like, come on. It's so wonderful. You would be wasting. But then they do a clever job, right? They backtrack that as well because we learn. Because this is one of the questions in the movie. is like, why is this guy still alive if he's a secret agent who can bring this whole operation down? Right. Him and Cohagen are country club buddies. <laughs> That's good writing. That's clever. It is good. I'll give you that. 100%. It's the biggest problem of the movie is like, if this guy has all the problems, Why? Just send him to Earth and say, hey, you can just have a sexual relationship with Sharon Stone and, like, have an awesome life. If he can bring down your whole operation. Like, imagine watching Chinatown if they're like, oh, Jake knows about the water. Uh, You want a tent and, like, a house down the road? It'll be cool. He'll never come back and fuck this up. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I I don't. I I definitely, having now talked about it and definitely considered the, uh, Lori Quaid of it all, I definitely believe that uh, he's still in the simulation. Do you think he's, like, permanently in the simulation? No, I I think he plays his thing out really well, right? Right. The scene that I love, too, because they they steer into this where 
it does seem like in a closed system like Mars, it would be really hard to travel around as this guy, even with your false badges. So you get rid of that hurdle, right? But the scene that I love is when his wife actually shows up at the apartment right, with the guy who's like, I am a deep program doctor who's in here uh, to tell you that you're fucked up on Total Recall's table. I'm here to tell you that you are uh, having a problem. You need to wake up now. What's the phrase? And I thought about it. I was like, this is a brilliant. It's a brilliant addition to Total Recall's or Recall's program, right? Right. Because they're just called Recall. My brother, again, said that Total Recall is a wink and a nod that it's reality, right? Total Recall would ins- insinuate that he's recalling, like, the totality of his past. Neither here nor there. I don't think that's as strong of evidence as the others. No. But when they bring the doctor in... Imagine that your whole job is we're going to put you in a simulation and then in your simulation building in a doctor who's telling him stop doing the fun shit or you're going to be a you know vegetable in the real world. Right. Wake up now and then adding the sweat drop and you have to rely on the fact that the customer is just a murder fucking boner. Yeah. Like okay. Arnold's a murder boner. That's yeah, what he the, becomes in this movie. The, the sweat drop. That how thing... many people like if that was you, I know you well enough. If that was you and that guy said that in the middle of your fantasy, you'd be like, oh, man, I don't want to risk being a vegetable. <laughs> well, that's true. Right. But I will say if you he... would get out of there. I think I would, too. I think I would. I mean, yeah, but that's see. But this is the other thing. And this it's is the like... Cyrus from the Matrix argument. But better the... to be. In the false reality, having more right, fun. But that's or the other up. thing, though, is like within the simulation, Quaid's program is supposed to like elicit that he's some sort of secret agent. So, like, if our program, like, if you and I were in this and our programming was like, oh, you know, we're trying to be like a secret agent who's trying to like help uh, overthrow the government of Mars, blah, 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 we would be sort of like, I guess, pre exposed, like, predetermined to notice strange things like that, though. Like, if it was just me, I'd be like, oh, fuck, yeah, unplug me, please, for the love of God. I don't want to be a vegetable. That's terrible. Yeah, right. I want to get back to Sharon Stone. Yeah, like, that's wanna, pretty like <laughs> if this is my real wife, that's fine. I'll just get out of here, and we'll, we'll, I'll go home and plow. Like, this, yeah. it is what it is. But And you're like, I got to the part of the fantasy, and uh, the dream girl slapped me and told me to fuck off forever. So I'm kind of out of here. here. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah, there's a bunch of weird mutants around. I didn't get to have sex with that three-tittied lady. I mean, like, I'm, I'm good. I saw everything. You and the three tits. That was a seminal thing because I think I saw that it's when I was like big 10 years deal, old and dude. you're like, oh my God. That was like, I mean, that's one of oh those like, God. it's amazing to me because that's one of those little like kind of, it's one of those weird little like, uh, because this is, this is the kind of movie you'd watch. This is like shows up on television. Like this is the kind of movie you'd see like by accident because this is the first time I saw it was totally by accident. Like I was young enough where I was still like really into Arnold. Like I had just seen Terminator 2 and I was just watching a bunch of movies like and I was young enough, and I saw Total Recall, and I remember seeing those three titties, and I was like, whoa, a girl can have three boobs? Like, obviously, it's fucking, yeah. Know, but when you're a kid, it's amazing. Well, that's and- how we saw it, because it became legendary amongst, like, the playground. Like, dude, I saw a movie. This girl had three boobs. And I was like, what? Get out of here. <laughs> that happened to me twice, because that was the same thing. I saw uh, Mallrats, and the first thing my buddy told me about it, he's like, there's a lady who shows her boobs three nips. And I was like, what? Yeah. So that's what it is. <laughs> so like, like we, we were just young and dumb guys. Yeah, where when it's you're like, young and dumb and just the like, magic number. Yeah, we were like, stuff. oh my God. Like, it's something weird. <laughs> that's something weird and cool that's on something sexy that you like. Like, again, but 
ultimately, weird. if you're programmed to think you're a secret agent, you'd notice those weird little picadillos about people. Like, you'd notice a well, sweat drop. This is the other thing. Right, right, right. I'm saying, but you have, I mean, I guess that's the thing, right? Is for me and you, we would never choose secret agent, probably. No. Like, my fantasies are so much different than that. Mine would be like, I just want to be in like a quiet room that has all the books and movies and video games yeah. and no sounds around. My right? fan, like, my fan. That's like my daydream. So I'm, I'm way more boring and would unplug. Yeah. But think about this though. So not only is the program designed to, it has to do the wake up. This is not real, even though they want you to stay in the fantasy. Then they do the sweat and he has to make a moral decision, which they've already pre-assumed that he would make to kill this guy. Right. Then. They have the who or girlfriend show back up and then they have to they force him. This is the scene where they give him like three tests in a row to decide what he's if he's going to buy this fantasy or not. So once the hooker girlfriend shows up, he has to side with I will help the hooker kill my wife or else the believability of the fantasy collapses. Right. (laughs) So right away, we're like Arnold is way more disturbed in down to fantasize than we imagined. Yeah, Arnold's life is truly terrible. Like, let's get that let's get that on front street ima- right yeah. now. <laughs> so right away you're like, someone's telling you you were at the table, you know you were there. Something's gone wrong. If you kill me, you'll become a vegetable in real life. Right. Then you go out and it's like, okay, I'm kinda buying in. This must be real, but I still don't know. I'll just kill my wife. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Like It tells you a lot about the recall business model. Yeah, let's yeah, like <laughs> We need to examine like what what the the basic clientele for recall itself has got to be like people who like for instance Quaid's original like cons like whatever his job is supposed to be Quaid's original job is a construction worker so how terrible yeah. is construction work in 2084 that he has to go fantasize about not only putting himself in mortal danger on a regular basis but then like murdering his wife and like hanging out with whores and all kinds of stuff like how yeah. terrible is Quaid's life like. That's that's the sequel, like going Imagine to Quaid's this. real life. Right. Well, let's do the economy again. I will guarantee you whatever a recall fantasy cost, it's one dollar less than a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> this is the last step before it's like, ah, we're just going to have to split up half our shit. Like, this is what this is. Right. Can I get myself three years down the road uh, by, you know, murdering my <laughs> wife in a fucking virtual reality simulation? Because I love this, too, because this series of moral challenges, which are crazy, yeah, then lead us to the stretch of the movie where it just goes apeshit sci-fi. Yeah. Like, this is where we uh, find out Benny's got the mutant hand. Uh-huh. This is where Cohagen's shutting off the air and is just like, oh, I'll just kill a whole fucking group of people. We and find then, out- probably the coolest part of the movie to me, this is where we meet Quado. Yeah. Quado. Oh my god! I mean, again, this is also the awesome humuncul- prosthetic work, the, right? Oh yeah, I love it. Like this is, um, yeah. The, oh my god! Like the hum- to me the homunculus living the inside thing that George. I remember most about this movie. Oh yeah, yeah. That was another thing. It's like, fucking crazy. Creature dude. work in this movie is amazing. Did you know the guy did the voice for Quado too? The guy who played George did the voice for Quado as well. Although I, I didn't know that. I, I read. Did that. he really? Yeah, I read that recently. I, that was fascinating. I did not. Know I didn't that. know that. But it, I love Quado, man. Quado's great. Like it's one of those awesome, like oh, man, just the the makeup effects work is just so good in this movie. Like it should be, it should be dated too. Like we should be watching it and kind of like, oh well, that's kind of sad. Like oh, it doesn't look as good anymore. But like, fuck, dude, it still looks so cool. Like, 
And I'm sure there's a little it's bit so, of rose-colored glasses like going on, gross, but it looks yeah. so cool, man. Like, come on. Yeah, but I mean, even the Arnold faces, you're like, yeah, that's probably not. It's a little laughable. Sure. But there is a charm to it. There there's is. a charm to it. You're like, well, I've. I haven't seen something like that. Like that's, yeah, When's the last time you saw that? There's a huge value in that in movies, right? Right. Like, yes, you could give me a more computer accurate image of what that would look like. Right. I kind of like just seeing our... Like, I think that's fucking hilarious. It's wonderful. And they do it 10 times in the movie, and I love it. Yeah, I lo- so... But, no, um, I, but I like this whole section, too, because I heard Seth Rogen say this once. I think he did a Rotten Tomatoes, like his five favorite movies. Yeah. And he said Total Recall. And he's like, what I love about Total Recall is it shows you, because this was a big, like, mainstream hit, right? Right. That, like, all of our parents would have seen. And he said, I like Total Recall because it shows you how far an audience will go with you on a movie journey if you just do it well. Yeah, totally. And I think about this movie now, I'm, like, imagining my mom and aunts and uncles watching this for the first time who are not sci-fi people. Right. Not, you know, creature movie people. And just being like, what? the fuck is happening well, it's, i think but because it's done so well and earnestly right and has this fun reality bending where my mom and dad can be like oh it's fake right like we would never kill each other in a dream honey <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, i think that's a really it's just it, it is really fascinating how far they take this movie well it's really then it's like oh here's quato now there's like a giant alien fucking reactor like, yeah it see that's the thing that i think is point. really fascinating about this movie is up until this point like even going to mars is pretty conventional sci-fi like we're not at a point where we're like yeah. so far gone from what we're used to but like the the introduction of quato like as soon as quato like as soon as fucking george turns around and reveals this like homunculus living inside him and they start talking is this like amazing hard left turn into what should be a like movie killing amount of sci-fi because at that point like no one should be on like that to me is like one of those things like if you can't make that pivot like they did like if you had gone like yeah. a scotch less you would have been fucked like this movie would be absolutely like imagine un- this out unequivocally imagine one of the you're worst. an executive right yeah imagine you're an executive and they say hey here is our uh, prosthetic we made for a character named quato on mars right and they showed you that fucking work would you assume that was the good guy hero of the Martian? Like, <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Right? No, totally. That's an incredible thing they pulled off. That's unbelievable. They made us humans so ugly and I mean, re- repulsive. I mean, on that, that level, uh, that too. That guy's belly brother is the hero. Right. I mean, even on that same beat, imagine being exe- an exec and getting that script and seeing that hard left turn and be like, I don't know how the fuck you guys are going to make this work. Did you know that at the time in 1990, this had been the most expensive movie ever made? $65 million. This was the most expensive movie that had been made. That, that doesn't point. shock me at all because almost none of those sets and locations exist. No. They probably had to build every fucking thing we 100%. Saw. But like at the same time, they imagine dumping driller, 65 cars. They've like, got... Imagine yeah. in 2019, we're we're now like in such a different time than the world of Total Recall being oh, released. Yeah. Like imagine in 2019, someone handing over $65 million to an adaptation of a Philip K. Dick story. I mean, now obviously we're all cool with Philip K. Dick. Like, you know, like, but in the 90s, like people were still kind of, it was, it was what? Like it was fucking Blade Runner. Like Blade Runner was everything everybody knew about like Philip K. Dick's oeuvre that made them excited. And imagine imagine now trying to get something like that made, which was an adaptation of a sort of an obscure sci-fi story. 
Like, unless you're going to do, like, an arrival with it and make it, like, a serious, like, Oscar fair. No I way. I think you mentioned that they did that at one point, but that seems to be a black hole in my memory. I can't I What, can't this? <laughs> they tried to do something called Total Recall, but it was not the same, and I don't remember it. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. They might have... Um... Yeah, I think, I don't know, my implants are acting up, so it could be anything. Who knows? Yeah, weird. God, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think I've seen that in the $5 bin at Walmart. <laughs> I can't remember. No. <laughs> but yeah, man, Quato's uh, yeah. so good. No, dude. I mean, it, it's it's insane. But I, again, I always am amazed when something like this, you look back, and again, like you said, just imagine how many people got that script and are like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Like, it gets fucking insane. And just the power of Arnold and, like, the vision and the ability to get this thing across the finish line. And for so many people in the general public to be like, yeah, we'll go on that journey with you. Right. Uh, I think that's incredible, man. I remember a time when I'd be like, yeah, I want to watch Battle Beyond the Stars or something. And someone would be like, oh, God, there's like aliens with makeup and ugh, sci- spaceships. Ugh. And this movie is just like, yeah, we're going to give you all that. Yeah. But Arnold kills people. And you're like, great. I mean, not. Yeah. I mean, like, that's like the best part is they they make this turn to like hard sci fi, like very weird sci fi. Late enough in the movie where if you weren't hooked already, like you weren't going to be on board regardless. I, I this is like the thing I love the most. But, like everything regarding right. everything they regarding Quato through the, the Cohagen. Yeah, right. But yeah, so you get the weird turn, like you're saying. But then they immediately go back to something that the average parents like. Oh, I've seen that on TV. Right, right. The Cohagen, right? The country club buddy, like Hauser. You're in my <laughs> suit. I need to get rid of you. I am the criminal. <laughs> And our parents are like, oh, fuck, like, that's just like Dallas. <laughs> like, they can relate to the backstabbing, you know, guy. Right. And so it's this brilliant mix of, is it real? Is it not? Whoa, look at that fucking belly guy. All of a sudden, oh, man, he's a betrayer. And then you got Benny the Judas. Like, it, it is this really brilliant mix of a lot of different kind of oh, things. Oh, Benny the Judas. Boy, oh, boy. Benny the Judas, man. He ain't, he ain't got no kids to feed, motherfucker. <laughs> I hate Benny. Benny. But then Benny gets screwed in the end. Oh, yeah. Benny gets fucking iced. It's it's fine. It all I works like out. That. I mean, it makes sense. If I was Benny, I would fucking betray them, too. Yeah, why not? Like, yeah, I live in the fucking red dirt and can't get oxygen. Fuck you guys. It's. I would totally do that. But yeah. Especially once you find out Hauser's a betrayer anyways. Here's my thing, too, about like what it is, what the recall engine is itself for Quaid slash Hauser and his like brain is do you I, I'm not sure I would necessarily characterize like what the story is because I wouldn't characterize the story as like externally the recall people are like constantly trying to have to come up with new storylines. I feel like this is all this is all Quaid like this is all Quaid's brain like working with the learning engine, you know right well, I think. It's like one of your things you mentioned a lot, like with it, right? Is this is a choose your own adventure where they will give you the basic parameters and kind of the beats of where these things end right. up. But Quaid himself has to author a lot of this. So my uh, excursion to Mars Secret Agent movie would look very different than yours. Right. Well, I think right? that's like in mine, I probably wouldn't kill my wife. I'd maybe like handcuff her and bring her with me and be like, come on, remember the good times? Well, that's what's interesting. Remember like, we tennis in the living room? The, you know, the one thing I. <laughs> You know, the one thing I remember or the one thing watching this movie, like watching it again, I realize how much of this informs like Inception, like a shocking amount. Are you about to do another shot at Inception? Do you think there's a movie pod? No. That hates Inception more than we do. 
I'm not making a shot. I'm saying like for like what I'm saying is that this I know movie, you were about to take a shot. I wasn't. What I was going to say is there's Inception a lot. Inception is Sharon Stone, and you're trying to fucking ventilate it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like this movie, like the concept of a question, like really like in like the summation of this month, even like in questioning reality, we realize that there are a lot of tenets of this genre, the subgenre of movies that actually all sort of borrow from what I think is probably like total recall might be one of the most famous, like, is it, or is it, isn't it movies? Right. Like it's one of those things where like everything since 1990, whenever you try to make a movie about like, is it, or isn't it like, you're going to borrow some aspect of this from, to like make to work in your to work in your story just like inception is about um shared dream sequences so inception's about shared dream sequences but it relates back to the person who's actually dreaming so the person who's actually dreaming has to believe they're dreaming but the person who believes right. they're dreaming is also in a situation where they realize they are kind of dreaming it's literally the exact same model and total recall sort of is the blueprint for these movies about how to uh live within your dream without while still knowing you're dreaming i don't know it's fascinating like watch well, i mean yeah this this gets back to like one of the most ancient human questions right is is anything real right, right? and what i love about and again i think total recalls real power right because at the end we're getting insane right like fights and murders and yeah. running around bombs decompression stuff, right? glaciers yeah, all it's, kinds of it's shit crazy but what this movie does is it always is pulling you back and forth between real, not real, real, not real, but never at the sake of stopping the forward progress or changing the amount you care about what's happening. No, very important. Because this is something to me, too. I despise the, like, oh, it was all a dream ending of movies. Right. I hate any movie where at the end you're like, well, none of that happened, so none of it matters. <laughs> this might be the only exception where there's an entire movie where I assume nothing I watch happened or had any real value or stakes, and I don't give a shit. Well, I love the journey. Why that do you much. think that is? That is a pretty important thing about like the th way you like and watch movies. Why do you think this is the exception? I think what it is is they do a really clever job of. I think they put us in the audience in the seat where we get to choose, right? Are you a person that is not happy in your life and you want to go on a journey of wish fulfillment? You can believe that this right. is real. Are you a little more cynical and just want to watch this as like a fun game? Sure. And I, I don't know why it doesn't bother me. If I honestly had to put my finger on it, I don't know that I could. But what I think I would say is that I'm always fascinated by movies that let me have uh, fun things to ponder outside of, right? Sure. So for me, realizing that this story and dream sequence has no real stakes or value if it's all a fantasy right but the moment he wakes up and has to go back home and look at his wife and be like oh fuck i shot you in the <laughs> face the best memory of my life that i just paid for is always going to involve you having a bullet hole in your face right right like that is a real world consequence so in a weird way while none of the things we see on screen matter and have actual stakes right. right because it's not real when he wakes up he is going to be questioning his entire like the the, the stakes of now what happens in that marriage right. and what is the value of a recall dream i think that stuff is so fun i think i think that's the thing is the world it almost lets me inhabit my own fantasy world where i get to decide uh my own adventure and memory of this movie i mean i think that's the long and short of it like and this is something that speaks to just you as a viewer and you as someone who consumes is the thing that you prefer is 
Like you're what you what you like is that you've you've seen the movie. So when you leave the theater, you're like, well, after you get out of the recall machine, you have to go home and confront the fact that you totally fucking killed that person that you supposedly love. You shot them in the for face, real. and you, like for real. it's. But I think that's what <laughs> and that, punched her just for good measure before. But that's Jesus like Christ. your. But that's like. But that's an important aspect about all of our personalities is like. Walking out of this movie, like finishing Total Recall, the reason you enjoy it and the reason like you're giving it the exception to the rules, so to speak, is because what it is, is um, it's the examination of wish fulfillment and how important that is to us. But also at the same time, examining that wish fulfillment and then like thinking about it globally when you get out of the recall machine and you're like, well, now I have to go home and face this. And I did something truly terrible to my partner in there. Like that's. <laughs> I think that that speaks a lot to who you are in general, but I also understand that completely. Like that's what makes this all the more worth it to watch. Yeah. And, and that to me is the thing, right? Is at the end of your, none of this is real, whatever, as long as there is an impact of this journey, even if it happens after we, you know, see the credits and it has to happen in our mind, that's still a lot of fun for me. I can play that game. Because to me, the most fun I ever have in movies is just pondering the questions of the movie. That's way more fun than just being like black and white. This is what I saw at three minutes, four minutes, five minutes. I like to think about, you know, in comic books, we talk about that's the power of the gutter, right? That space in between panels right? is when you see this thing here and your eye moves to the next panel, that empty space is rife for you to fill yourself. It's it's an inherently participatory part of the medium right and i do that with movies and this one lets me do that really in a fun way right like i remember at the end of the movie i was like um how long would it take to make an atmosphere right i think everyone still dies because the atmosphere blows all the windows out and i think they're all dead and then you're like well they have oxygen all right but too much oxygen can poison you to death that's like i think that's a wildly insane way to end the movie but i don't give a fuck yeah and even arnold says at the end of the movie right I just had a terrible thought. <laughs> what if this is all a dream? And she just says, well, if it is, kiss me. Mm, see, I like, think that's a, that's a beautiful, beautiful way to way end to because, end again, it doesn't fucking matter. It literally doesn't matter if it's real or not. It's I, think that's, I think it's really clever, man. It's a really clever way to end this movie. Yeah. No, it's exactly the way you should end a movie so that we actually give a shit that none of this is real so to speak like yeah the point of and this- after hauser it does get in this where it's it's just a lot of like doing your action check marks yeah and it's less interesting but you're still pondering these bigger things i uh there are th- four items that i actually wanted to point out uh, trivia wise that i don't know if you knew this um, let's do it the original so um dino de Laurentiis was one of the original um producers on this after the guys who uh dan o'bannon and ronald shushit who wrote um alien wrote uh they had bought the rights to you can buy it for we can remember for you wholesale they wrote this it was in development hell hell and then in the 80s dino de Laurentiis brought bought it with richard dreyfus attached it's the main guy as quaid oh i like that but i think it is weird because arnold's so fucking jacked yeah and he's mr universe to us right like it is hard to imagine him like is an average man sometimes. <laughs> That's fascinating, man. I would like the Dreyfus version. Also considered for the role was Patrick Swayze. 
I mean, Patrick Swayze would have been perfect. Would have been good. Because he is, even though he looks like this fucking little angel, right? This little, beautiful, quaffed hair angel. Oh, yeah. It would have been great. It was still like a tiny little man. By the way, this was the time period, too. This was immediately following Dirty Dancing. I wonder how big Swayze was. I just called him a tiny little man. He might have been 6'2", for all I know. I don't know. I mean, like, I don't know. I actually just I watched... I'm from uh, the Midwest, and people are gigantic on average. I don't know. I, I recently like little, watched Tu Wong Fu. He seemed pretty big. Little tiny guy. He was a tall dude. Yeah. He was always, like, really in shape. Like, again, to call Patrick Swayze an average man, it's like, I live in a neighborhood full of average <laughs> men. My wife would scoff at that. Believe that. Um... But uh, <laughs> the, so but, I would have watched either. Of them. I think I think Dreyfus is actually a little more interesting. So before Ver, Paul Verhoeven was brought on, the original director for this was supposed to be David Cronenberg. Oh, God, that would have been awesome. Imagine those prosthetic shots with Cronenberg at the helm. Cronenberg uh, Cronenberg got in constant fights with Dan O'Bannon and Ronald Shusset. Uh, on the on the Wikipedia page, he qu- he's quoted saying, I worked on it for a year and did about 12 drafts. Eventually, we got to a point where Ron said, you know what you've done? You've done the F- Philip K. Dick version. I said, isn't that what we're supposed to be doing? And he said, no, no, we want to do Raiders <laughs> of the Lost Ark go to Mars. Oh, God. So Cronenberg actually wanted to cast William Hurt for Quaid in his version. I love William Hurt. But then when Dune flopped, uh, De Laurentiis decided not to move forward with it. And that's what happened. Yeah, God, that that is like one of those Hollywood tough parts, right? Because right. when you're like, yeah, I really want to do this source material, and I love it, and I want to do it, and then they're like, make it, but this movie, right? Like, it's one of those things you learn in pitches that it's like, uh, we're doing Jaws with an alligator. Yeah. Well, he, like, what does that mean? What are you saying? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> well, so like, I mean, like, but that's like the crazy thing too is so Cronenberg, De Laurentiis didn't want to do it anymore, and then as soon as De Laurentiis put it in turnaround, apparently Schwarzenegger had apparently wanted to do this already, and he had been turned down. Like, there is some amazing like weird back channel history to this that ends up being the total yeah. recall we got. We could have gotten Richard Dreyfuss star uh, directed by David Cronenberg, like. I love this movie so much to think about changing it hurts me, but I would honestly love to see that. I think I would too, actually. Like I, 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 that would be nuts. I think it would be insane. Look, I absolutely adore this, but how fucking crazy would have been to see Richard Dreyfuss as, or Patrick Swayze for that matter, as Quaid directed by David Cronenberg. Like that is some bizarre shit. I love, I love alternate history versions of movies, man. Like imagine the matrix with Will Smith. I love all those theories, right? I love it. It adds a fun layer the next time you see the movie. It does. Uh, but yeah, that was... I like that. Those are like two or three things I read that were just bizarre. But I also love the idea of Cronenberg doing 12 drafts and absolutely hating the writers of Alien for um, trying to write something else entirely. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the most Cronenberg thing ever. It's like, it's aren't hard, we supposed man. to be adapting this book? Like, no, we're supposed to be making it a movie, you idiot. Like, that's... Yeah. That's classic. The adaptation is a tough, tough uh, trial. It's fascinating. It's tough. But... But I mean, whatever, whatever the process, we got one of my favorite movies ever. Hundred percent, love it. So I think that's rad, man. I love this movie, and I, I, I will, I will watch it every year from now on. We rewatch and reignited my passion. <laughs> I definitely will watch it every time Amy starts messing with me. <laughs> right, every time my wife is being mean, I'm like, I guess I'm gonna watch Total Recall. <laughs> Live vicariously through Arnold. No, I'm just kidding. I love you, Amy. I would never ventilate you. I didn't say anything about never, you, Andrea. I would never fight you in our living room. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, uh, guys, at the end of the day, man, Total Recall is just a big, fun, weird movie. And, uh, again, I am always impressed that these kind of things happen on the scale they do. I love Total Recall. I hope you do, too. I hope you had fun questioning reality with us. Uh, we definitely have Dark City and Black Swan on the way. We'll see what else we can get to. Again, we've really uh, overburdened ourselves with our October Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th extravaganza. But uh, we're going to do what we can, guys. Uh, if you have suggestions of movies that you love that question reality, hit us up. Uh, that's it, man. That's all we got. Rate, review, share. We appreciate it. From the film Alchemist, I'm Josh Griffey. Give the people the air. Sorry. just had Alex, to- give the people the air. And I'm Alex Dandino. I, I, we hadn't said it once. I just had to say it once. That's right. What's your favorite one-liner in the movie on our way out? Give uh, the people the air. I mean, that's, yeah, that's probably my, that's probably my. Is it my Benny? Screw, screw you. No, it's definitely <laughs> give the people the air. Yeah, I think that's the iconic one. All right. Hey, we give you the pod. Peace.